Omicron. No, it's not an evil alien robot from an 80s cartoon, it's actually the latest in what feels like a never-ending stream of variants of SARS-CoV-2, the virus responsible for COVID-19. Governments around the world are reimposing travel restrictions to affected regions, but many say even those come too late to prevent the Omicron variant from spreading globally and potentially becoming the new dominant variant of the virus around the world. Before that can happen though, let's take a step back and talk about what we know so far. I'm Sam Marchetti, and welcome back to On the Sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about the Omicron variant is Alyssa Burroughs, a biology and pharmacology major with a certificate in immunology, a master's candidate studying the impact of COVID-19 on allergy and immunology, and a science for everyone researcher. Thanks for joining us, Alyssa. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's dive right into it. Uh, First of all, there's a new variant. Why does it sound like a Decepticon? A Decepticon? I don't even think I know what a Decepticon is. <laughs> is it deceiving? Transformers. Does it not sound like a Transformer? Uh, Omicron. It does. I guess it does. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like struggling. I'm like, do I call it Omicron or Omicron? I don't know my Greek alphabet that well. Yeah, so it's the 14th letter of the Greek alphabet. And so they skipped new uh, to avoid confusion with the word new. So people wouldn't think it's a new virus. And they skipped Z, just XY. Um, to avoid stigmatizing a region. So that's why they skipped those two letters. Um, Interesting. So because of these concerns, we've actually ended up with a variant that sounds like a transformer. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess Z is associated with the Chinese president, Xi Jinping. Um, so they don't want to stigmatize or have more stigmatization. As we already know, there was a lot of stigmatization against um, Asian people. So whether it's Asian Canadian people or Asian American people, a lot of stigmatization and violence towards those folks. So... They didn't want to name something associated with that region as well. So we've ended up with a transformer virus. So speaking of stigmatization, you know, we've heard a lot about this in the last few days. This variant was just discovered like a few days ago in South Africa. And basically, the, you know, the majority of, you know, powerful uh, Western countries, at least, were just like no one is allowed in from any region in Africa for the most part. Um, but despite that, you know, it's already everywhere. So how how is it already everywhere despite this? Yeah, even though um, South Africa has like a really good um, detection, uh, like virus detection system, I don't know more details than that other than I've read that it's uh, very good, their detection system. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like once you've detected it, you're already behind. Um, and once you start closing borders, it's like even though you might close borders directly from flights from South Africa, um, our world is so globally connected. And travel is still happening fierce, ferociously. Um, so you can always get from one flight to another, like by connecting flights. So it's um, just hard to understand how globally implicated all our world is together. So it's like once, even if you close the borders, it's already here. Um, so really, this variant could have been from anywhere else beforehand. And the only reason that we're saying it's from South Africa and blocking, you know, all this travel to them is because they found it first in South Africa. Yeah, and on the WHO's website, they have like first detected, like earliest first detection in South Africa. So they have it designated for that. And then also for the former or the other variants of concern, they still exist. Like the Delta was first detected in India. Brazil was Gamma, first detected in November 2020. Beta also South Africa and Alpha United Kingdom. But this is where it's first detected from. It could have arose somewhere else. And until you really trace 
what do you call it, like a genetic history of the virus, I don't think you're going to get exactly where it's from. And we're even starting to think, still figure out, like virologists are still trying to figure out, did it jump from bats to humans? Did it jump from bats to pangolins to humans? Like we're still trying to figure that out too. So uh, we might never figure out these questions. So not only do we not know where the variant really came from, but now we're actually just unfairly stigmatizing all these countries because they happened to find it first because they were so much more advanced than uh, the rest of the world. Yeah, and I think we tend to, as a westernized society, stigmatize what we view as poor, non-civilized countries, even though they completely are like, like civilized and they have their own practices and stuff like that. They're not dirty, and we just tend to stigmatize countries that we view as poor, which I think is really problematic science and medicine aren't without problems and racism like it's not an anti-racist system so it's very concerning it also sounds like it's just not a very effective system on top of being not a very uh, anti-racist system right because if the variant was truly you know already in all these other places just blocking travel from uh, african countries is not going to prevent the the variant from entering your borders yeah, it could have originated somewhere else, and it might be originally, like it might have originated from South Africa, but even then, just how globally linked everything is, it's like we're not, we're not avoiding it getting through our borders despite like our PCR testing. Ultimately, you'd want to stop all travel, but that hasn't stopped throughout the entire pandemic. There's been decreases um, and measures put in place, but it, it still hasn't stopped. Okay, so obviously we do want to stop travel, um, but why? What do we know about this variant that makes it uh, more concerning than others? Uh, I would I'd preface with, we don't know much yet. I think there's a bunch of scientists racing to try to figure out like what is going on and like how it might behave. And we'll see that data catch up in humans probably in a couple weeks to even like a couple months time. But what we know so far is there's significant changes and including some deletions in the spike protein. And there might be other mutation changes as well that I'm just not aware of. but. So what are these changes making it do? Are the, are the virus particles attaching better to our cells? Are they attaching worse? Is it being transmitted more effectively? We don't know yet. What we're most concerned about is if there's enough changes on the spike protein um, to have it no longer be effective for the vaccines that we've produced to the spike protein. Um, this is like no, like no one knows this yet. There's research labs rushing to figure this out because that would render people with less protection who've been vaccinated or if people have had previous infections of COVID to other variants or other or the original like SARS-CoV-2 virus type that was initially detected, that would render their protection lesser. So you might be, it basically opens up more eligible hosts. Um, and then other concerns is, yeah, can it attach to cells better and enter more efficiently? Um, will it cause more severe disease will cause less severe disease will be more transmissible or less transmissible uh so those will be things that people are trying to figure out about the virus so in a nutshell here really what we're saying is that this specific variant looks different enough to uh the Mm -hmm. original variant that we based our vaccine on that our vaccines might actually stop providing quite as much protection against this uh this variant yeah that's definitely a possibility that it could have changed enough to have our protection not be as efficient. I, I can't foresee it being like, mind you, I feel like this whole pandemic, people, it's like, I don't think this will happen. And then it does. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it will render the vaccines completely useless. Um, and the vaccine might just be almost as efficacious um, again, like to this one as it was the Delta one. And the efficacy is going to keep changing uh, as different variants come out. Uh, it could be better or worse. Um, but at this point, we don't know. 
So one of the things that people might have been hearing, I know it's something I've heard, is that, uh, yeah, the new variant might be more transmissible. Uh, it might be vaccine resistant, uh, but it also may uh, cause a less severe form of the COVID-19 disease. Um, and some people are saying that that might actually be a good thing and it might signal the end of the pandemic. So how is that possible? Yeah, I guess there's like, yeah, a couple ideas of looking at that. Um, if it's more milder, but more people get sick, then you will run out of susceptible hosts faster. And people, if they aren't vaccinated, and even if they are vaccinated and the vaccine's not as effective, like we'll get protection in some form. And hopefully it's mild enough that it doesn't cause death. Honestly, um, and I know people were saying this at the beginning of the pandemic, um, but if COVID wasn't quite so deadly, you know, it, it does kind of start to sound like it's just similar to the flu. Is that like an unfair parallel to draw, you know, in this theoretical situation where this variant is less deadly and more transmissible? I don't think that's necessarily an unfair parallel to draw. And I'm not exactly like a an influenza expert, but in some theories, I think for like the 1950 or 1918 flu pandemic, I think that just became the normal strain of flu and it just slowly over time became less um deadly uh, but like people still die of the flu but um not to the point where we generally or really shut down our entire so this is exactly what happened with the 1918 spanish flu pandemic then it just became more transmissible and less deadly and now we just have the flu that's my understanding of what happened to it it just kind of slowly petered out over time it hit pretty hard and then changes happened at the same time like viruses are always evolving so they can always evolve to be like more infectious less severe, less infectious, more severe. Um, they can pick any combo of those ones. But at the very least, from this viewpoint of, you know, a potential variant that's more transmissible and less deadly, it could signal the uh, the end of the pandemic. And instead, we just kind of transition into uh, this world where we have endemic uh, COVID-19, just like we have with the flu every year. Yeah, I think regardless, yeah, COVID will be, become an endemic virus and never truly go away. Um, yeah, and I'll be interested to see how this plays out based on like what um, research comes out and what um, clinical data comes out too. All right. Thanks, Alyssa. And thank you again for tuning in. And remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. If you want to learn more about the Omicron variant, uh, other COVID-19 variants, or any of the other topics we've talked about on this show, visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at SciForEveryone and on our website at scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, Connor McLean, June Kim, Taneshwari Rajendran, and Cheryl Nguyen. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto's Student Engagement Grant.